I wasn't, I wasn't upset. I was, I was just reflecting and I thought back to 10 years ago before I got married, right? Would, what would this decision have looked like then? And, you know, for me, it was helping, it was me understanding that my ambitions don't necessarily rule the household. Welcome to the Fatherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Jamar Hudson, and you're the fatherhood. As a new member of the hood, my goal is to use this podcast as a platform to talk about my journey to new fathers. Part therapeutic, part informative, part educational. My goal is to talk about everything, from adjusting and getting no sleep, to changing diapers, to just hoping I get everything right. This podcast will be a space to talk about the joys, challenges, and fears of being a first-time father. You, you know, you're actually the first person who's appeared on the podcast twice. Really? Yes. I'm honored, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, so this, this is the first to actually have a return guest. If you remember, you know, we we talked way back when I really, when I first started the podcast episode three or four, we talked about work-life balance. And as fathers, how do we, you know, balance, you know, our work responsibilities with our responsibilities as fatherhood and that conversation and that that ideal still, you know, is and challenging in some ways, even today, you know, a couple of years later from when we first had that conversation. Right. But, you know, for those people who don't remember that conversation, my man, just remind the people, tell the people a little bit about yourself, reintroduce yourself, because you've had a lot change since uh, 2018. Yeah, no, I got a few letters behind my name. <laughs> it's good to be back, uh, Jamar. I really appreciate the opportunity. I am Dr. Terrence Turner. Yes, sir. Uh, we previously talked on the podcast and I was still going through that dissertation journey. And now that I'm on the other side of it, uh, I'm, I'm very eager to share the perspective of how to leverage this new uh, level of professional and educational credentials, you know, when it comes to my ambitions. So again, super excited to talk with you today. Awesome, man. We're, we're glad to have you, my man. I've, for those people who I've known Terrence uh, for quite some time in the internet space, um, over 10 years. And over that period of time, we've actually been able to connect in person on a few occasions. I've, you know, been able to watch him grow, uh, as he mentioned, professionally, but also personally with his wife. And now, uh, two sons. So just you know, tell a little listeners a little bit about you know your wife and, and how old your sons are now. Sure. So I've been married to the wonderful Dr. Jasmine Turner for uh, nine years now, and we have two uh, just amazing uh, young sons, uh, Shad, who is five, and Taj, who will be three uh, in in July. Uh, so yeah, we're down here in uh, Tallahassee, Florida. And yeah, man, just living the dream, just trying to, trying to, <laughs> trying to make it, taking a day at a time. Yeah, yeah, aren't we all, man? So look, looking back, you know, just going back and circling back to the, our, our previous conversation, I'm going to reference that a few times. You know, how how have you changed, uh, Terrence, as a father, as, as you progress professionally? What, how does life as a father look different now? in 2021, still kind of not quite post-pandemic, but we're kind of seeing the light in the, the tunnel. Um, what has changed for you in fatherhood over the past couple of years since we last spoke? Sure. So I've definitely 
uh, referenced this past year since March of 2020 as things started shifting for everyone with the pandemic. It's been an interesting journey. So uh, I work at a university and we went completely virtual right after spring break. And then that's when the dominoes started falling regarding things closing. Uh, so our son's educational uh, experience was interrupted by that. And they were um, uh, home with me for two and a half months, I'll say. Uh, so as everybody was shifting to Zoom and doing the virtual, you know, uh, teleworking and now having to manage uh, the educational responsibilities of two boys who were at different levels, man, it was it was trying. And mm -hmm. I gave, you know, I gave I give a lot of props to folks who, um, you know, do that full time because I realize how much of a educator I am not when I'm yeah. at home. And that's interesting because that's the business I'm in. I work in student affairs. So, you know, I guide folks when it comes to everything outside of the classroom. But then being my son's primary teacher, a lot of challenges there because I was on on, on my way to finishing my dissertation. So it the timing was divine, I believe, because the day I defended my dissertation was the day that we found them a new school that had not closed because of the pandemic. Mm. They had been taking all the precautions. So it was a new chapter for for everyone. And being able to shift back into, okay, like I'm not balancing this well and it's very challenging with my responsibilities as a father and as a, um, as a staff member, you know, it, it was tough, but it made me grateful for the opportunity to have things slow down a bit and then be able to determine, okay, educationally, I think these opportunities will better set them up for, for the future. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And I think we all have went through something similar to that over the past year. And again, we're, we're looking at the light at the end of the tunnel, thankfully, um, as, as people get vaccinated and as things begin to open up, although you down in Florida, man, things have been open up the whole time. <laughs> right. it, it seems like, um, so uh, you, you mentioned education and that's your feel and you, you deal with, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds, um, molding and shaping them at a different stage of, of life. And then you have to sort of do the same thing, you know, with, with your toddler age kids. How does, at, at what point did those two approaches intersect and how hard is it, if at all, to differentiate those two categories of, of, of people? You know, it's interesting because what that does, it allows me to better understand where, where they are in terms of their development. Um, you know, I consider myself one of the OG millennials, if you look at the mm -hmm. chart, and I'm dealing with, you know, Gen Z, totally different generation. And then I don't know what my son's, what their group is called, but then you have, have them. So it's a lot of explaining the why. Yeah. It's, hey, this is why this decision is in place. No, I can't give you everything that you that you want. And I think for me, it, it really helps seeing students at 19 and 20 and how it readjusts my um, duties as a father when it comes to, OK, this is what I want to prepare my boys for so they don't run into some of these same issues. 
because I don't want to sound like I'm judging folks parenting because folks do the best that they can in most cases. But I don't want to send my sons out into the world with some of the, the foolishness I have to to deal with as as an administrator. So just really just trying to help them understand the why, understand the context that me, you know, at age, you know, about to be 37, I have the experience. So now yeah. I have to make it more palatable for, you know, 19, 20 year olds, a five year old and a three year old to understand, hey, this is why this is, this is what you can control in this situation. And this is how you have to uh, navigate life. Yeah, that, that's interesting, man. And I would, if you if you could, and not to get too specific, but if in just general speaking, generally speaking, what is something that has been sort of an eye opener to you in dealing with those college students? You're like, whoa, I didn't know that this was going on. This is something I'm gonna have to prepare my boys for, because we're, I mean, we're you know, 20 years ahead of this generation that you're ed- educating, and another 20 or so from you know our boys. So, what are some things that you're seeing? Like, whoa, I didn't know that maybe this is something else I'm gonna have to put on my plate to teach my sons. I think it's the art of being resourceful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of times our our college students now, they hit these walls where they can't quite identify the resource. So at any time there's adversity, the, they want the parent to step in to continue to figure it out for them. Uh, so when I think about my boys, you know, instead of doing everything for them, it's one role model it two help them process. OK, so you can't find your shoe. Where did you take your shoes off? Really? And just walking them back through that path. So once they find that shoe again, being resourceful, I can say, OK, so to prevent us from getting back to this place where we have to search for one shoe every day. Let's figure out a solution that is sustainable so it doesn't impact you moving forward. It's one less thing you have to worry about creating that anxiety. And anxiety is one of those things, too, where uh, I see it in my oldest son gets very frustrated easily and just kind of shuts down. And then I see that with my college students. You know, they, Mm -hmm. again, hit that wall and it's like, I don't know what to do. I need somebody to to help me. And then I think it's just really helping them remember the lessons that they learned along the way and then guiding them toward just consistent, sustainable decision making. So so in many ways, you know, talking to your your college students, you're you're a father figure um, to them as well. At what point do you flip the switch or, you know, kind of combine educator, administrator, uh, mentor with father figure for those especially specifically men that you deal with on campus. You know, it's interesting. Uh, Yesterday I had to have a performance conversation with a staff member and had to let them go. One of my, my younger staff members. And I gave him the um, administrative answer, but then really tapped into like, dude, you're a senior. So Mm -hmm. you're making decisions that you don't realize are going to impact everybody, including you. And this is how it's going to impact them. So for me, it's it's unsolicited. But at the same time, if you have put yourself in this position to where you have to hear my mouth, I'm going to take those opportunities. Right. To say, hey, I'm not your dad. However, for somebody with some life experience, this is what I see. And I do not want you to go down this path unnecessarily. And I think that's where some of that 
that um, that that mentorship, some of that, that that village concept that we that we ultimately want is important because we got to have those tough conversations with them. We have to teach the accountability. We have to say, hey, man, at 37, this is what you may want to avoid unnecessarily. And like them, we, you know, took some of the advice and applied it. And the other stuff was, hey, I'm going to just figure this out on mm-hmm. my on my own. But I feel it's a responsibility to at least share the wisdom and then say, hey, I'm here. If you know our relationship changes, cool. But, you know, you can't say that you haven't been equipped with this perspective may not be your perspective, but I'm going to at least share my my scars, my victories, my, you know, low points to help you see like, hey, you don't want to keep on the path that you that you're on. Yeah. Now, now obviously, uh, Terrence, part of that approach and knowing what to do in those situations comes from, you know, education um, with you earning your Ph.D. But how much of that do you think you would be able to you would have known what to do and how to do if you weren't a father yourself? Um, I think what it did is made the assignment real Mm. because spiritually, I believe in sowing no seeds. So if I'm doing it within my, my work that God has called me to do, I hope that someone is obedient to the call on their life to pour into my sons. And especially now as a father, I realize, you know, as a dad, you can instill these things. Some things are just going to be learned on their own, but it's going to take other men to pour into your sons and daughters to get them through life. Because our relationship is always going to have that power dynamic of you yeah. are dad, you are ultimate authority versus, well, you know, this person is adjacent to some of that responsibility. So they're going to be a little biased. And if I mess up, the accountability or the impact in disappointing this person may not be be the same. So I try to be very methodical in what that what that looks like, because, again, I want somebody to pull my sons to the side, whether they're right, wrong, you know, whatever, and really help them share their experience with them. So my sons can then make decisions that positively impact their lives. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm, I'm thinking of questions as as we talk and I uh, this kind of that kind of led me to another one. Do you think the sense of community is lost on this generation? Because you and I come from a generation where you know talk about you're talking about if if I see your sons, I feel like I'm able to. I have the responsibility to steer them in the right direction because I know you, um, and, and vice versa. And you know, our parents and grandparents did that as a community. You know, village raising kids. You know, if I acted up at church or acted up in the store, if someone saw me. Who knew my parents? Right. You knew what time it was. Right. Is is that something that you still see in today's age, or do you think this a little bit different now? I think it's different because we have much more access and means of communication, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, with us sharing some of these same social media spaces, I think you see it whenever there's a black male thought leader, they attract a lot of attention and that now becomes an additional source of, okay, let me try to figure out this life thing. Whereas when you and I were growing up, whatever was on TV, whatever was on, you know, in media, that's what we were fed. And there really wasn't anything outside of that other than the men that we inter- inter- interacted with on a daily daily basis. So the sense of community, I say, has evolved and that's not necessarily 
a a bad thing. It's just now young men have more to discern from when it comes mm-hmm. to just being being a man today. Right. Like, yeah. how do you live your life? How are you a great person? And, you know, you can get into all these conversations about um, black masculinity and things like that. But I think for men today, there's a lot of there's a lot of thought processes and philosophies out there. So the the issue may be now is just discerning, okay, what applies for your situation? Where you and I, it was either family, it was either an administrator, professor, teacher at school, or somebody within our sports circle, right? Whether yeah. it was a coach or things like that. Yeah. And you know, you that that coach was trusted, that that prof- that teacher was trusted. I grew up on a military base. So if I cut up at the youth center, those folks have permission to reprimand me and I'm putting air quotes around, yeah. you know, reprimand and then made the phone call to my dad who they knew because the, the village was small and he got his reprimand in as, <laughs> as, as well. So, you know, I think it, it, it also goes back to teaching your kids to be coachable, but then also having that spirit of discernment. If you're the only one that can, corral and control and you know the only voice your kids listen to mm-hmm. they're gonna there's gonna be some issues because the moment you disappoint fall short or you know just you know hit a wall yourself they're gonna be looking for that voice they're gonna be listening for that voice so i definitely pull brothers aside on campus in life even if i'm just out in the community and see some young cats i pick and choose my spots because again mm-hmm. they just may not be in the place to receive that Right. And it's just like, well, if I don't say something, am I being obedient to the call right now to say, man, I see these brothers going down the wrong path. Let me say something. Let them know I see them and that, hey, there's other choices for you out there. And you don't know how their parents are going to respond. That's true. That's true. Because now it's like, who are you to talk to? Yeah. Talk to my child and working at a you know university. A lot of it is you talked to my child. You you know, held my child accountable. And now I'm trying to fix this problem for them when this is their decision that they made that got them here in the first place. Yeah. 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 Talking to Dr. Terrence Turner today on the Fatherhood Podcast and the genesis of this conversation actually comes from a tweet that um, we have, haven't really gotten into the meat of the discussion. This has sort of been appetizing these first 15, 16 minutes, but I want to kind of dive into the, the the theme of today's episode. Back in April, I want to pull it up, uh, Terrence, so I can have it correctly, sure. uh, read it correctly. Um, you, you tweeted something, you tweeted this, recently turned down a great opportunity for me, but it wasn't the best opportunity for my family. I reflect a lot on how your ambitions as a married man and father have to be comprehensive enough for the entire team, period. Right. Take it, take it away. What does that mean? And how, you know, you don't have to get into, you know, specifics, but just that, that theme that you were speaking of in that moment. And I think all of us as, as fathers and husbands have dealt with that at some point. Yeah. So the, the tweet came from, so, you know, job searching, seeing what's out there uh, right now. And for me, it was just me reflecting on some, you know, decisions that we had to make. And I think it, it brought it home because, I wasn't I wasn't upset. I was I was just reflecting and I thought back to 10 years ago before I got married, right? Would what would this decision have looked like then? And mm. you know, for me, it was 
helping. It was me understanding that my ambitions don't necessarily rule the household. Right. Mm -hmm. It's a big part, but I can't make decisions with within a vacuum because my ambitions haven't changed. There's just more responsibility attached to it. So in considering any transition, I have to think of what positions does this put the family in? And, you know, if I was single, it'd be a totally different story. I'd yeah. have the the flexibility. And and when I thought about it, I was just like, well, you know, I, I can't, again, make these decisions in a vacuum because somebody's going to be impacted by this one way or another, starting with my wife, my partner. You know, every everything that we uh, acknowledge our wives as it's like, hey, you know, she if she's not good, if this doesn't fit, you know, uh, if this is not a good fit for all of us, there's no need for me to force it because that's going to cost me down the line. And I realized I said I want everything to be intact as possible as I continue to navigate my career and not let my career be the reason why my family dynamic changes, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And how, I guess my first question um, in response to that, how hard of a pill was that for you to swallow and how difficult or, or, or easy was it for you to realize that this is how my thinking is going to change once my life circumstances change, starting with, of course, getting married. And then, you know, once you became a dad, Right. So I thought about my upbringing. Right. Again, being a military kid. So I've probably in my 37 years have lived probably about 10 to 12 different places. Hmm. Right. And I'm I'm just flexible like that. Like I always I have this this faith where it's like, hey, I'm gonna find a place to stay. I'm gonna like what I do. I'm gonna meet people and it's setting me up for what's next. But then, you know, my wife has a different upbringing. And with mm-hmm. that upbringing, it's like, OK, how do her life experiences contribute to this whole thing? So for me, it was being able to look at, OK, if this is where we continue to go from a career standpoint, we need to make sure that we're on the same page and having very honest conversations hmm. about, hey, this is the opportunity Do I need to invest time in pursuing this if there are some apprehensions on on the front end? Uh, Because, again, I don't want to drag her anywhere. I don't want to drag the kids anywhere. And, you know, I'm excelling because I'm more adaptable. Um, I'm able to handle the transitions uh, a little differently. It doesn't necessarily make her experience wrong. It's just her experience. So when you talk about once you get married, it's now, hey, everything I've experienced is who I am. This is what I want. Well, what does my wife want? What does my spouse want? And how does her life experience impact the decisions that we make and the types of conversations we have around transition and, you know, uncertainty? So what do you decide on or how do you decide what? goal, ambition, dream you want to pursue? Because, you know, we all, you know, growing up, we all have things that we want to do, we want to accomplish. And even as we get older and graduate from college, there are things that we want to do, we want to achieve. I mean, with you, I mean, I'm sure earning your your doctorate was was something 
on your list of things I want to accomplish? How do you pick and choose which one of these you're willing to sacrifice versus which one you want to say, I'm, I'm not giving this up no matter what? Great question, man. And I think for me, it's being able to have those conversations on the front end. So before I even get invested in higher education, our searches are different, right? Like it's mm-hmm. a, we play a long game. So you may be, you know, with the hiring season being March through, you know, April, you know, you start applying for these jobs in like January. So yeah. you enter into, it's, it's pretty much a four, three to four month job search. Um, so, you know, during this current round, we've realized some parameters we need to set in place so we don't have those um unnecessary conflicts. And we just promote this sense of honesty. Uh, I think spiritually also the vision that I believe has been placed on my life, the call on my life is to be a college president. And for someone who's not in higher education, they don't speak that language. So it's not going to quite always make sense for my wife, but I try to break it down into very palatable parts. So that way, when I say, oh, well, this opportunity opened up and this is the experience I can gain in order to continue to progress forward. I have to do that versus assuming she's going to be able to connect all of the dots. This is not a field. She's a pharmacist. So mm-hmm. when she starts talking about all that pharmacy and medical stuff, I just say, OK, I, I support you. This is this is what it is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in my world, I have to make sure that I communicate things a lot uh, clearer. So it doesn't again create unnecessary confusion. I think and she had go ahead, go ahead. No, I was gonna say and, and she I'm sure has or had and has things that she wants to accomplish too. Right. So, right. so there so, are yeah, go ahead. You no, know, as I saying, so it has to be mutually beneficial. Does this set us up? Although I may get the opportunity, she may get the opportunity, it's being able to say, okay, how does this how does this work for for everyone? And, you know, the reality is you make those sacrifices. And, you know, when I sent that tweet, I was just thinking about the search as a whole. And I was like, well, there'll be other opportunities. Mm -hmm. You know, I I got that one and had the option to turn it down. So, you know, me me and my faith, I was just like, hey, the right thing is going to to come along. And I don't want to be in the wrong place. And again, it cost me my family dynamic. Yeah. And, and that was actually the next question I was asking, man, how do you deal with, you know, not being able to do something or not or choosing, choosing not to do something for the sake, uh, for the greater good uh, of your family? Because here's something you want to do. Mm-hmm. You have this great opportunity, but it's not the right fit for your family as, as a whole. It's right for, for you. It may be a great opportunity for you. Right. It may be more money. You yeah. may be able to live somewhere, you know, you've always wanted to live. But it doesn't make sense for my wife, my kids. And this is generally speaking. How do right, you right. deal with that, uh, whatever that emotion is that comes with not being able to pursue the opportunity? It's it's dying to self, right? Mm-hmm. And I definitely don't want to turn this into Bible study. But I think for for us as men, it's which of our desires and parts of our dream do we sacrifice for the greater good? And Hmm. do we continue to move forward trusting that we're going to be put in a position to 
to win. It's not going to be easy. It's not designed to be easy. And I think for us, we grew over the last couple of months having these conversations because it forced us to be brutally honest. Right. Um, Our transition to Florida was rough because I was here. Uh, My son was my oldest son was two. So he was living with my mother and then my wife was pregnant with our youngest. So we're in three different locations trying to make it happen as we fully transitioned. And we realized that's a non-negotiable for us moving forward because it cost us. It cost mm-hmm. us some of that time, cost us some of that connection. Uh, and it took us a minute, you know, just being transparent to get back to a a healthy place of operating as as one in one location. So, yeah, it's it's hey, my dreams, my dreams are still my dreams. However, if I accomplish six out of ten but it puts the family in great opportunities for them to grow and accomplish their dreams. That's kind of what I I signed up for when I got, I got married. And and for me, it's important not to force the issue because I've seen it, Um, you know, uh, first and secondhand, you can force something and it may be good for a while, but then, you know, it's, it's that underlying issue. And when it, when it blows up, it, it blows up. Uh, so for me, that's where, um, you know, just talking things out and, you know, being OK with a no or being OK with the hey, now isn't the time. And just trusting that the the right opportunity will will come along uh, later on. Did those did that approach change, uh, Terrence? Um, prior to becoming a dad, was, was the approach the same um, when you were having talks with you and your wife, just when it's just the two of you and opportunities came up? And if so, you know, how did that change once the boys came along? Sure. So the we brought a we bought a house in, in Houston. Let's see. She was she was a few months pregnant. So when we bought that house, we were just like, oh, man, we this is this is it. You know, we're in the big city yeah. where we want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, we're buying a house that our family can grow into. And, you know, you fast forward and it was like, oh, OK. Like we we reflect on these things a lot uh, as a team. Uh, so for, for us, we were just like, hey, we can build here. We don't have yeah. to leave. We, you know, all of our opportunity was here. And what what forced us was. I, ca- I continued to get no after no in, in my own search. Um, I had left the job to complete my uh, doctoral co- coursework. Uh, so it was just like, all right, so is this really where we're supposed to be? Or because what we did before I get to the or it's, man, we don't bought this house. We yeah. got a child now. You know, you're you're close to it wasn't necessarily pro- she was close to a um, uh, a shift change on her job that would have been more favorable. Like, oh, all these things are, are coming up. But when we prayed on it, it was, hey, be okay with changing and transitioning. And yeah. the opportunity, you know, came up here in Florida. Um, you know, we sold the house and, you know, recently we've been on the fence about, ah, should we have sold it? You know, but it was just like, Hey, like if we're being called to transition, let's, let's do it. Let's see what's, what's out there. And, you know, it's always an adventure. Marriage is always an adventure. And I think for us, 
that's just kind of been our story. Um, so, you know, for us, it's continuing to keep the team in mind, be very clear about what our goals are, but then also just being very flexible. And there may be seasons where we get to be very comfortable and there may be those seasons where we're just like, all right, something something's coming. We need to be prepared on multiple fronts. So, you know, when it's time to move, we can reduce some of the stress surrounding surrounding that. Yeah, that, that, that's great, man. So so I'm, I'm a dad, you know, just hypothetically speaking, I'm a, I'm a dad married uh, to two girls, two girls and a boy. And opportunity comes up and to, to a great job for me that will move me, you know, from from Florida to, let's say, North Carolina, Charlotte, hypothetically speaking. I turn it down because it's not in the best interest of my family, just as we've talked about. You know, a couple months pass, you know, I, I, I see the person who I know the person they end up hiring. I heard about them through some colleagues. You know, they're not doing a good job at telling me that. Hey, you would have been great for this position. Why don't you take it? You should have taken it. Resentment starts to build in. You know, I start getting up, looking, looking at my wife sideways, you know, <laughs> getting, getting angry, saying I, I should have should have done this. This would have been great for me in my career. But here I am trying to do the right thing as a husband and a father. And and, and we we stay here, we set up shop here for the for the long haul. How do that 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 scenario, how do you avoid, you know, not getting holding some anger and resentment towards your spouse and to a lesser extent, your, your, your kids for making what you feel as though is the best decision for your family. Whew. Yeah, man. So <laughs> I think in that, the hypothetical situation, the resentment is human, yeah. right? Like that disappointment. And it's, it's funny, although we anticipate, you know, different breakthroughs and things like that, there's always going to be something that reminds me of, reminds us of the what if. Right? Have you experienced that? Now, if you've experienced that, let, let us know. Um, yeah, I actually, <laughs> I actually uh, have. And for me, it was, it was bigger than what I thought at the time, because again, mm-hmm. I was only seeing one side of it and it was, it was feeding ego. My ego was being fed like, oh man, you know, you would have perfect, you know, this was right up your, your alley, you know, uh, you know, they got it wrong. And, you know, you, your ego, you feel good. You just like, see, yeah. I, I knew it. But who's to say the circumstances would have impacted you differently? Right. Yeah. Like who's who knows what battles you had, you would have had then. So I think as the resentment, I think that's the point whenever you um, on both sides of a transition, whether you take it or not, you you have some type of support there, whether that's counseling, whether that's um, improving on the communication, because what's also going to happen, whatever was weak in your relationship is going to be magnified in that moment. Right. Yeah. So you may be resenting, sulking, you begin disengaging, and then every little thing begins to irritate you. Um, and that's where that professional help I would definitely encourage. And even if it's not professional help, that's where that village of other couples helps. Right. Like who is pouring into you? Um, So if you get a chance to apply for the opportunity again, pursue it. I think before you even invest the time and energy into that, you have that conversation. Right. And then if if it hasn't changed, then 
you 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 may have to be okay with that, but do the work to better equip you to deal with that no. I think a lot of times, you know, spiritually we get we get to that point of no, but we never really work through it or get the assistance to to process it. It one no turns into two, and then you know, again, the moment something happens in the city that you chose to stay in, it's just like, man, I could have been gone. We yeah. could have, we could have been here. You know, we could have been doing all these things. And I think that's where that challenge is. You know, not focusing so much on the could have been's, but your time just may not be up. And you know, again, I keep going back to these spiritual principles, but that's where everything takes me back to, especially with like a lot of the messages and sermons I've been hearing lately about timing, stewardship in between, and just really being in the moment because there's something there for you to still do while still having faith toward your next step and ultimately where you want to to go. Yeah, yeah. Obviously the boys, you know, they they don't know what's going on. I mean, they're just happy to be <laughs> You know, right. they're, they're being boys. Right. You know, at, at some point, you know, down the line, you and, uh, you know, your wife are going to, um, you know, just kind of talk to him about, you know, things that have happened and, you know, your moves here and there. What's the lesson um, that you hope that they learn, uh, you know, with with these experiences that, that you that you spoke so eloquently about? You know, what as a father, what do you hope that you pass on to your boys about, you know, the experiences you've had and turning some of these things down and, and, you know, managing your ambitions, uh, once you're a husband and a father. Great question. I think for me, what I would pass down to them is be faithful, be flexible and be clear in what it is that you see yourself doing. Um, you know, again, growing up as military, I have that experience. So, you know, I question myself sometimes like, well, am I doing the same thing that, you know, my experience was moving from place to place, setting up shop. And, and for me, I think that's helped me become who I am from a career standpoint, from, a, you know, my interpersonal relationships. I make friends pretty easy and I don't have to see you all the time. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, it's interesting that this is our connection. We've been, you know interacting on social media for years. We've met a few times in person and it's just like, it's almost like we went to school together. Right. right. Uh, so for, for me, it's um, control what you can, you know, um, you know, you, you put your best foot forward and sometimes it may not be in the cards for you to um, get that particular thing, but the, the journey and the process may be the blessing that comes from, from it. I think the other piece is, don't make decisions um, in in that vacuum, but then consider everything and everyone. And I would also say engage folks in conversation. So even as we were pursuing a few different opportunities, you know, my oldest son is about to start kindergarten. So that's one of the biggest things for me is figuring out what's next. So he's secure and say, hey, so mm -hmm. you're starting school here and, and preparing him for the the transition because he's paying attention you know he's he's identified different things that he likes and, and for me you know i he's a part of the team too so not only just making decisions and, and can you know conversing with my wife about this is what it is but getting the kids feedback making them feel like a part of the process i think helps 
you stay at peace when it comes to the decision that you make. Yeah, that's great, man. I think, you know, a couple of questions and we'll wrap up. I think the common theme here um, as we're talking is sacrifice. And we all have to make some sort of sacrifice in our lives for the greater good of ourselves individually as we grow individually for the greater good of our marriage and for the greater good of our family um, as a whole. So one of the final questions I'll have for you is in fatherhood, what sacrifices have you had to make um, not necessarily career wise, but just in, in general, as you've been a father, you know, five, five, six years now, what's, what have some of the sacrifices you've seen you've had to make in your life as a dad? Wow. So I'll go in reverse chronological order with some very big highlights. So like last year, um, my wife worked in a hospital, so Mm -hmm. she wasn't able to work from home like I was able to. So keeping the boys during that time was an interesting uh, transition for us and sacrifice. Right. Could have could have kept them in a situation. But again, it, with the early stages of the pandemic, we didn't know enough, right? And it was just like, well, I just want to keep them safe. I want to keep myself safe. So this is what we, we've we got to do. I think also is understanding how my wife and I, our roles differ, when it, our jobs differ, excuse me. So her being in a hospital, she doesn't have the leeway I do to, you know, be away from the office. So that even... Uh, you know, leads to how we engage with their school. So before they change schools, very active, very involved. I go to the parties, I drop them off. So really just the routine is this works for us, right? And there's no need to force it into a situation where it doesn't work just because of my pride, my ego, or I may be tired of Mm -hmm. it. Um, Another one that stands out is... um, when I left my my role to finish my doctoral coursework, you know, I was a stay at home dad for a significant time and yeah. it was establishing that routine. It was it was really being being the parent. And for me, how I evolved was things that I thought, well, this is a woman's role. I was challenged because it's just like, so are you not going to feed? You're not going to do these things because you. You a man, you that boy's father, and you have to be a steward uh, of that. And although my wife and I handle things differently when it comes to, you know, emotions and, and, and punishments and things like that, you know, I think for for us, those sacrifices helped me get to where I am today because I think back to a time when, you know, this is what we've had to do. We've always had to do what was best for for the kids. And, you know, that's they didn't ask to be here. So I think that's where that teamwork comes in. I think that's where the willingness to sacrifice comes in because it goes back to what we started this whole conversation with. I don't want my inadequacies and selfishness as a dad to impact them when they're 19 and 20, because then now they've become someone else's um, uh, problem. And that may not necessarily be the fairest thing. So that's why I get I'm very involved. That's why I have no problem. Uh, making the sacrifices to just make sure that they're um, they're healthy, they're they're well, they're they're grounded in who they are, that they have strong, you know, character, and they just live a life of you know integrity and in love. My man, 
Awesome, awesome. We, you know, we could talk forever. We could. We could. <laughs> we could. I could talk forever, but I know I want to be mindful of your time, but I appreciate you coming on. This is a great conversation. Um, definitely helped me, you know, as, as some opportunities are coming up uh, that I have to consider as well. But I really appreciate it. I hope the listeners found this episode value. But before I um, let you go, man, just tell people how they can get t- in touch with you on, on social media. Sure. So my uh, my most active account is my Instagram. I am this, T-H-I-S, is, I-S, Turner on Instagram. That's this is Turner on Instagram. Uh, that is you know, where you get to see the journey of the picture, you see the kids, food, you know, what I'm listening to in the gym. Uh, and I think that's probably the best representation of everything All right, my man. Thank you so much for joining on the Fatherhood Podcast. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me.